Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse, and we're continuing with our Big Ten team season preview series where we do a podcast for each and every Big Ten team going through the roster, the schedule, etc. And today we've reached who many believe uh, are the best group, uh, the best squad in the Big Ten this season, and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes, and to help break down the Hawkeyes, we have Sean on from two four or twenty four seven Sports. Sean, how's it going? It's going well, Tom. It's going well. Um, a lot coming up these next couple weeks. Obviously, with Big Ten football starting up this weekend, um, and then Big Ten basketball, just the whole college basketball season in general. So nice to uh, be busy again, I guess. But <laughs> you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hectic these next couple months for sure. Absolutely. And I, I should mention to our listeners, this this is recorded, as you mentioned, a day or two before the Big Ten football season is set to resume. This probably isn't going to post until a couple of weeks later, so we won't make any Big Ten football predictions so we don't look like idiots uh, down the road. But um, right. yeah, so we'll, we'll get right into it. Uh, Sean, I know we've had you on. I think we had you on a couple months ago to talk about Garza's return here, but if you want to remind people what you do and where they can check out your stuff. Yeah, so I cover basically everything Iowa basketball, football, recruiting related um, over at 24-7 sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. Um, recruiting is kind of my main thing, um, basically the one thing I do the most, but football, basketball, obviously I help out with some of our full-time guys. So really just doing everything, um, a lot of stuff over there. So you can find me at sbach247 on Twitter um, and then HawkeyeInsider.com um, for writing stuff. But mainly Twitter, and then obviously just post everything I write on, on social media. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. Yeah, and I recommend, you know, if you're an Iowa fan, definitely follow Sean on Twitter. Check out their stuff. They have a lot of great coverage for everything, football, basketball, and beyond. So, Sean, let's get right into it. Big expectations coming into the season. Iowa was a good team. I think you could argue maybe they were borderline greats, but – didn't win the Big Ten regular season title. The wheels came off a little bit towards the end of the season. But everyone's back, uh, running it back in Iowa City for this season. High expectations. Most view Iowa as a top-five team entering this season. First off, final thoughts on last season, on Garza's surprising return, the Big Ten Player of the Year last season, and just the massive expectations on this team coming into the season. Yeah, you you put it you put it nicely. A massive expectations. Um, I definitely think with Garza coming back, I mean, I think just on paper, you gotta like what this Iowa team brings to the table. Um, a lot of scores on the offensive end. You gotta take into account three three pretty good players coming off redshirt years slash injury years. Um, in Jack Nunji, Jordan Bohannon, and Patrick McCaffrey. So that's another factor to really play into it, but. Yeah, the expectations are as high as they've ever been. And, you know, Iowa fans, like, they're pretty they're pretty passionate, like other Big Ten fans. But, I mean, Iowa's all they got in that state in terms of, like, their team. So, definitely mm-hmm. going to be a lot of eyes on them this year. I think, too, we talked about them throughout the preseason, how special they could be. But I think they're really starting to confirm it, too. I mean, with the season coming forward and then with them scheduling Gonzaga and, and – uh, in South Dakota, that's going to be an absolutely massive game 
on the national stage, Gonzaga, probably the consensus number one team coming into the season. And I think, too, that scheduling kind of shows um, just how, how much confidence really this team has in itself. I know it's not the team's decision to come to schedule the games, but I think, too, just like the whole athletic department, just Fran McCaffrey as well, I think the confidence in this team is really high. Um, and you, I know, I think Matt Norlander of CBS Sports said both teams were getting paid six figures to play in the game. So that's also a pretty high incentive too. But I think when you're talking just on court, Gonzaga and Iowa is probably the, at the top of my head, the most exciting non game of the non-conference or matchup with the non-conference play to this point. I think Baylor plays Gonzaga as well. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but mm-hmm. I think too, there were a couple I've been hearing and I heard from a couple people as well that a likely ACC Big Ten matchup for this team is going to be either Duke, UNC, or Louisville, which are going to be three of probably the top, yeah, three of the top um, Big Ten teams, or ACC teams, excuse me, um, in that conference this year. So nothing's been confirmed yet, but that's kind of what the rumor has been throughout um, the Iowa media and just everything going on inside the program. So Definitely with the non-conference display this team has, um, if they can get through with that, I think the Big Ten is definitely manageable. I don't know. I'm not really sure about the whole first place hype yet. I think second or third or fourth is more reasonable at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, too, like going back to Garza, I think bringing him back was huge because he just opened so many doors for you um, just on the offensive end. I mean, he can make things happen inside, and if you start to have to focus on him, then he can kick it out to shooters. Um, if you're focusing too much on the shooters, and Garza really can go head-to-head with any big men in the Big Ten, honestly. Um, last year was probably the year of the Big Ten, or the year of the big man in the Big Ten with Kofi Coburn, um, Weston at Ohio State. You had Xavier Tillman at, Min- or at Michigan State. You had, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, Daniel Oturo at Minnesota. The name, yeah. the list goes on and on. There were a lot of good big men, and a couple, handful of those guys are not back this year. I mean, I think Coburn's the only one from that group that isn't returning. Maybe Weston, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so there's there's room for Garza to dominate again. I don't think he'll have the stat line that he had last year. I think maybe he'll average a point or two less than he did last year, but I think he could rebound mm-hmm. more. Um, I mean, with all the scores, he won't, with all the scores Iowa has back, he won't need to do as much as he did last year. Um, but just his presence, I mean, I would be surprised if he put 30 and 15 in a couple of games just because he is so dominant on the inside. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because it's been a long time in Iowa City and, you know, maybe never. I, you know, you'd have to go back and truly do a breakdown of of some of these seasons. You know, Iowa's had a lot of success as a program, you know, decades back. But a season where Iowa has come in with, this this lofty of expectations it's rare i mean most schools they might get once a decade once every 15 years where they enter as not only a you know top 25 top 10 big 10 contender but basically a consensus top five team and i'm i'm just looking through here uh on on the highest i can find is 1988 looks like they were in the ap poll seventh coming into the season. I don't see any higher than that. And again, I could be wrong. You know, I wasn't alive in the fifties or something, so I can't comment that much on there, but they're going to be ranked above seventh. I'm very confident in that. Frankly, I I think I was probably going to be ranked third or fourth, I would think, which is 
certainly extremely lofty expectations. And it's a double-edged sword. You know, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you want high expectations because you want the team to be relevant nationally. But ask Michigan State fans about some of these seasons. Uh, Ask Maryland fans about when you enter as a top five team, you are nitpicked left and right. A lot of games are going to be unenjoyable, and that's going to sound weird, but if Iowa plays down to opponents on any night, you know, if they're if they're playing Northwestern and they're only up by five, you know, deep into the second half, people are going to be whining and complaining. I, I will just tell you right now that's what's going to happen. So for Hawkeye fans, there are going to be a lot of miserable nights, as weird as that sounds, even if this team does live up to the hype. And the oh, others yeah. – yeah, and it, it's crazy to think about, but that is absolutely going to happen. The other side, though, is, you know, this team is ultimately going to be judged by what it does in March. You know, Iowa has had a, a recent history under Fran McCaffrey where they start out on fire, race out to these crazy records, and then the wheels come off in January, February, March, and they end up finishing as you know, in the tournament, but with a little more heat than I think people would have expected. And last year, it wasn't as bad as it has been in some of the years past. But I mean, you look at it, almost all of Iowa's losses were post-January. They had three losses going into um, a matchup with Penn State on January 4th. And then they lose to Penn State. They lose to Nebraska, Maryland, Purdue um, down the line. And they finished 20 and 11 overall. So it's not like they had a bad record or anything like that. But at one point, Iowa was sitting there 10 and 3 at the end of the non conference season. And then they, they reached 15 and 5 at the end of January. And they finished basically 500 from there on out. So that is going to be a key part, too, because this team, fans are not going to be satisfied with, you know, a, a 10 and 1 start. But they end up as a bubble team or a little bit above that by season's end. You know, this, the expectations are going to be big 10 title final four competing for a national championship, which are, are difficult. I'm sure all the players are excited to have those kind of expectations. That's what you want as a program, but something fans are going to have to keep in mind. It's, it's going to be a tough, a tough measuring stick this year. So, um, but yeah, let's let's get into the team itself. We talked a little bit about the expectations, where things sit for the program. Um, off-season departures. Iowa really didn't get hit that bad, but is there anybody that you're paying attention to as far as departures? And conversely, who are you the most excited about as far as players Iowa is bringing in this season? Yeah, I think off-season departures. I mean, Bakari Evelyn was a good, like, plug-and-play guy, like maybe like 10, 15 minutes per game at times. Like when he was good, he was good. But when he was bad, he was pretty bad um, mm-hmm. in the backcourt. So I think they'll lose. They'll miss him in a sense. But I think they got a couple guys that can really pick up in his absence. Um, they lose a couple big men off the bench that were pretty productive. Obviously, Cordell Pencil has kind of um, – struggled with injuries, struggled with kind of some disciplinary issues in the past few years. He's been kind of inconsistent at Iowa, but he ended up transferring to Virginia Tech this offseason. He was a guy that Iowa could really use for just more depth in the front court. Same thing with Ryan Kareena. Ryan Kareena was probably one of the more important players for Iowa off the bench last year. Um, Now, in terms of defense, he wasn't a guy that you want to put on the floor at Luke Garza at the same time. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, Iowa's defense woes. But, yeah, I mean, I think just in terms of depth 
I think that's where it hurts Iowa, especially in the front court. I mean, obviously you have Luca Garza and Jack Nungi coming back. I think that's going to be really big. But Josh Ogundele, um, the freshman, incoming freshman from Massachusetts, who actually his home, his home city is in, or his home residence is in England. Um, so he came on to Iowa late in the summer because he couldn't travel to the U.S. because of the travel ban due to COVID. Yeah. So he jumped in late, and conditioning's always been kind of an issue with him. Um, so it really took him some time to really get back to Quinn. And Prem McCaffrey said during media availability a couple weeks ago that they're trying to bring Josh on slowly because he came to Iowa, had to adjust, then got sick with COVID, I believe. Um, so wasn't able to really do much. And then obviously a guy with his kind of his kind of stature, kind of maybe take it a little bit. It maybe took him a little bit longer than maybe the most common, uh, more common players to really get back in shape and really adjust um, to the game speed and everything. So they're bringing him on slowly right now. Maybe he can make an impact later on the season with his depth. Um, but I'd say the front court, that's where the guys that are departing are really going to hurt Iowa the most because that depth in the front court is what you need, especially with guards. I mean, Garza does a good job of staying out of foul trouble, but staying out of foul trouble means he doesn't really play as physical defensively as maybe you would have liked. Now in offense, he's a force down low, like everything, like just an absolute monster down low. But defense, like there's a lot left to be desired on that end of the floor from what I've seen. So that's definitely where kind of those guys hurt him. And then did you say the next point is guy that, what was the next point again? (laughs) So the next question was conversely, you know, who's coming in that you're excited about? I know you've you've talked a little bit about those guys already, but yeah, just who you're yeah. excited about that's coming in, who you're, I guess, worried or concerned about that's leaving town. Yeah. Um, so in terms of guys coming in, Iowa brought in a five-man freshman class, Ogundele, Aaron Ulis, name people might remember, Tyler Ulis, former Kentucky point guard, that's his younger brother. Um, Tony Perkins, a guard out of Indianapolis, Iowa was the only high major offer there. And then Keegan and Chris Murray, who are actually from Cedar Rapids Prairie, um, which is about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes from Iowa City. Um, The son of former Hawkeye, Kenyon Murray, who was really a fan favorite for Iowa um, back in the 1990s. So what's interesting about the Murrays is that they actually graduated from Prairie in 2019, went to a post-grad year last year in 2020. Iowa offered them before the season started, like what they saw, but they kind of came out of the radar out of nowhere. Um, if you had told me that Iowa was going to offer these guys when they were seniors in high school, I said, no way. But really that summer leading up to the post-grad year and the DME Academy where they played was, was huge for them and made them into big 10 players. But as far as like freshmen, I think Perkins probably has the best chance of playing now. I know like yeah. Ogundele will probably play somewhat of a role later on the season, but I think with Perkins, what he brings is a little different than what Iowa has. As we know, Iowa struggled with defense. That's still the major concern with them heading into this year. But Perkins is a guy really athletic on the wing, has some high, highlight real dunks that were just absolutely mind-blowing in high school. But he's really coming along as an offensive player too. But I think his main role defensively is just going to be guarding guys on the wing, athletic, versatile, can kind of guard the one through three spots which you like in a guy with that much athleticism, that much. And he's like willing to play defense too is, is one of the main keys. So as far as guys playing early, I think, I think Perkins has made the most from what I've been hearing 
Perkins has made the most strides. I think Keegan Murray um, is also a guy that maybe could play here and there. It depends how to, how mm-hmm. Iowa likes to use the uh, guys on the wing because um, there's a lot of versatility and a lot of depth in that three to four spot. But Keegan's really a little different from Chris in terms that Keegan's kind of a scorer type, while Keegan's or Chris is more of a um, junkyard dog in a sense. So Keegan can really make uh, play a faster and just like with his shooting ability and his ability to score on the offensive end, kind of like a three and D type guy. Um, so as far as freshmen, those would be big keys. But I think this team will mostly be dominated by uh, by veterans. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, Iowa, as I said before, when I was asking the question, they did not get hit hard by offseason departures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big part of that was Garza, you know, players in that his situation, 99% of the time are going to go pro and he decided not to for a variety of reasons and discussed at length. So I'm not going to get into it. You know, he's back on campus. It is what it is. But having him back, getting some of those guys back, that is a big thing. And, and that's why there aren't any massive departures here. Bakari Evelyn, I agree. He's the biggest departure as far as on-court contributions. But I don't think it's a big loss, to be honest. And that's not to criticize him. But he played somewhere around 20 minutes a game. And really, all of his minutes were after Bohannon was out with his injury. So it, it's hard to panic much when you're losing a player like that, when you have the clear guy who's a better option than him. So I, I'm not concerned about any of the departures. And as far as the new guys coming in, Perkins highest, I, I think he's a guy who, who could play. Um, Ulis, another guy. Um, do you think Ulis is a guy who could play early this year or is he another one where wait and see? I think it's wait and see. Um, I mm-hmm. honestly think like if Iowa had less depth at that position with the backcourt, like with Joe Toussaint and Jordan Bohan and CJ Frederick, I think we can maybe see him factor in. I honestly think he might. Last year, like coming in, I thought he would have been the most college ready guy. I saw him play um, a handful of guys over Thanksgiving break and um, over Christmas break because he's right by like maybe 30, 40 minutes from my home, so or my house back home. So I saw him play a lot of times, like on the AAU circuit too. I've known his dad for a couple of years and like just from a maturity standpoint, like he had a lot of big 10 qualities. Like I'm surprised he, Iowa ended up with him. I thought he was going to get more high major offers to be honest. Um, I think he's going to probably be one of the bigger steals in this class in terms of just a solid four to five year player. I think he could play a role similar to Picari Evelyn in that he's more of like used as a utility guard, meaning yeah. that he's not going to be a, like relied to score on a lot, but he's going to be that guy that's going to make the extra pass. He's going to be able to guy that knows how to run the offense and is able to just be used in multiple ways that you really like. I mean, can make passes, can make the extra play, like can just do a lot of things that you like. And I think his jump shot too is an area that he improved in a lot. Now I don't see him really shooting a bunch of those this year, but I mean, I can see him shooting it when he's open. Um, Mm -hmm. A big thing with him is just going to be adding on that strength too. I mean, he's relatively thin. Um, as we know, the big 10, I mean, his brother was what five or is five, nine, five, 10, um, yeah. and pretty thin too, but the SEC is a different conference from the big 10 in terms <laughs> of just physicality and, um, some of the guys that you're going to be going up against. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Aaron's probably going to be the most critical four to five year piece in that kind of group. I think Josh is going to be up there. I think, I think 
I think what separates this class as a whole is that they're going to be guys that are going to be there for the long haul, and they're just going to continue to get better and better. Not really guys that you could see leaving for the NBA earlier, guys that really be considered. Like, it's just going to be kind of a classic, like, Iowa class, like a Mike Giselle, Jared Utah, like, type type group in a sense, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I think U.S. has potential down the line to really make to make a pretty significant impact. I don't know about this year, but I think the best thing for him is to get that experience or to get that kind of knowledge of everything and just get that experience behind some guys like Bohan and the Tucson and Frederick. Yeah. My, my view, as I was saying is I think one of the guards is going to play and it's going to be a relief role five to 10 minutes a game because there are so many Definitely. proven options in front of them. And then I think, Ogundeli is probably going to play just because Iowa is a little thin up front and you have Garza there, but at some point, you know, Garza is not playing 39, 40 minutes a game. At some point he's going to have to hit the bench and Iowa doesn't have a ton of great options at the five behind him. So I would presume that he's going to, they're going to try to get him out there. I think the team's upside is the best if he can play lengthy minutes. We'll see. Um, But I would presume two are going to play and it's going to be the mix of, you know, which, which of the guards is, is the most ready, but I think you hit the nail on the head as far as this recruiting class. This is a great recruiting class where, you know, you don't have the five-star walk-in instant impact type of guy. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, Iowa fans would take it, you know, <laughs> if there was somebody like that showing up, but this is a nice year to have one where you have a lot of guys that are wait and sees, let them develop, give them a little time, and next year, when I was going to be losing a lot, a lot of those players should should fit in. So it should be fun to watch. Um, as far as the team overall, we've talked a little bit about the roster, but what are you the most optimistic about and excited about? And conversely, what are you the most worried about when it comes to the Hawkeyes this season? I'm most optimistic about the offense. Um, I think that's kind of self-explanatory just because of the weapons they return at three-point shooters. Um, Joe Wieskamp obviously struggled from deep last year, but I've been told that he's really been coming on throughout the offseason really seems to be getting that confidence back, which has been so big with him. Um, yeah. And just having Garza down low. And I think Jack Nungy, too, is going to be a really – I think he's going to be a big key for this team. Um, I don't really anticipate how much him and Garza will be on the floor together just because I think Iowa really didn't have much success on the defensive end when they had, those, when they had two bigs on the floor. Um, at the same time, so that'll be interesting. But I think Nunji, just the stuff I've heard about him from his teammates and just the rave reviews I got about him before he was got injured last year and just the improvement he made um, in the last two years has been really positive, and I think he's going to be a main key for them. Um, Jordan Bohannon, too, I'll be interested to see what his role is. I think he could start at the one, but I think two um, at the two maybe, I think that could be a good spot for him depending on how him and Toussaint play together. But I think just to sum it all up, I think just shooting is going to be – offense is going to be really exciting. I think I looked on Bart Torvik the other day, and I think he had him at maybe number one or number two in the country in terms of adjusted offensive efficiency. And I think about right. either – I think it was like flip-flops with Gonzaga. Like Gonzaga was up there or something. Um, so definitely offense is going to be going to be what I'm most looking forward to. Um, with this group but on the flip side I think defense is going to be that's everyone's knock on Iowa and rightfully so um Torvik had them at like number 115 or something like heading into the season and that bust that 
put down their rating or their overall um, adjusted, adjusted efficiency rating to like 28 or something like that. But defense is definitely going to be definitely going to be important. And I think too, that's what I think a lot of people need to realize as well is Iowa can have the best offense in the Big Ten, but you're not going to be outscoring teams every night in the Big Ten. Like you can have games at home where you're shooting lights out. You can have games in the road where you're shooting well. But they're going to be like four, five, six conference games, maybe even more, where you're not your offense isn't clicking as well as it should be. And we saw it in a couple games last year. Like we saw it against Michigan. We saw it against Indiana. Garza can only do so much for you on the offensive end. If that doesn't translate to defense, then that's going to be concerning because the strategy that I kind of saw teams doing last year in the Big Ten is, okay, let Garza get his down low. We're just going to get after on the offensive end because Iowa cannot score on, mm-hmm. or cannot cannot defend. And we're just going to try and outscore them. And that's where I think – that's what happened against Michigan last year in the first matchup when Garza had, what, like 45 points, but Michigan scored 40 or 103 points and hit like, I don't know, like 14 or 15 threes, something insane like that. So, and the same thing happened against Indiana. I mean, Indiana is not a great offensive team, but when they come, like some games in Assembly Hall, they're absolutely lights out. I'm not saying that they were. I mean, I think I remember Devontae Green just going off, but other than that, like there were a couple games where Iowa just defensively was just bad. Like I don't remember (laughs) Purdue being a great offensive team last year, and they put up like 100 or like 90-something on them, Um, and it was just an ugly game. And – Fran McCaffrey and his team realizes they need to fix that. I mean, we can talk about media can talk about all they want, but I think too, like a lot of it just depends on just coming out and doing the same, because if Iowa can really take a, just really take in and be able to defend, that's just going to be absolutely huge for this team. But if not, then I don't, that's why I'm kind of like hesitant to be like, Oh yeah, they're big 10 favorites. That's why I'm kind of holding off on that because I think if they're not able to defend, then that's going to spell trouble for future games and just be just not a great recipe for success in the Big Ten, especially. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's I, I think anybody who watched Iowa last season, as you said, the offense was outstanding. I think Iowa could have one of the most prolific offenses we've ever seen in Big Ten history this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a absolutely dominant offensive player in Garza down low. And then you have so many guards. I mean, Bohannon is a sharpshooter for stretches. You have Lee Scamp out there. There's so many pieces. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see how all of that fits together. But the defense is clearly the biggest concern. And I don't think I'm, you know, setting any land speed records or here or anything, but Iowa finishes 97th in defensive efficiency last season. That is not going to cut it for a Big Ten title. It's not going to cut it for a Final Four appearance. And I, I think a big part of that is I, I talk about this all the time on, on the podcast. You know, I think there are a couple things that you look for when you're trying to pick great teams. And to me, to be a good a quality NCAA tournament team, you got to start with, you got to have a star player too. You got to have that top quality player who can take over when you need it. And Iowa certainly has that. So I feel very confident that they're going to be a good to great team this season. However, to go far, to win championships, to win a final four in the tournament, you are going to face really everybody in the tournament is pretty good. 
I mean, if you're a one seed, you're probably going to face a pretty bad team in the first round. But after that, you do not get any weak opponents. Everybody's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Everybody has won games usually. You know, if you're facing them in the second, third round, they have to be have won at least two you know games to get there. So everybody's right. hot. Everybody's playing well, and you're going to get extremely divergent styles of play. And that is why you you can see the best teams are the ones that they can win different ways. You know, they can win in a shootout. They can grind some things out. They have different change-ups. You know, this guy can come out, go off this night. This the, Our wing will go off that night. And Iowa has that mix, but I don't know if they can grind out games. That's the thing that worries me as far as picking them to win a Big Ten title, picking them to make the Final Four, because can they win a low-scoring affair? And I know Iowa fans, the rebuttal will be, well, we're never going to have a low scoring affair because our offense is so good. And maybe that's true. Maybe the offense will be that good, but my guess is they're going to have an off shooting night or two during the course of the season. And they got to be able to grind out a couple of games. So that needs to improve. You can't be 97th in defensive efficiency and think you have a serious shot at a national title, which is the goal this season for Iowa. So that's got to improve. I don't know if, if there's a magic sauce there. I think it's going to have to come across the board. And I think for Iowa, the tricky part, too, is a big part of it's going to need to be Garza. Garza is going to have to step up his defensive play. He wasn't an elite defender last season by any stretch. And the tricky part is, you know, you don't want him putting too much energy in the defensive side that it really hurts his offensive play. So it's going to be tricky. And hopefully for Iowa, the rest of the team sort of picks it up with Bohan and having those other guys available that Garza can dedicate a little more time to the defensive side where, you know, his scoring may regress a little bit, but altogether the team is better. So that to me is, is the big concern. And then secondly, as more of a minor note, the front court depth, if Garza does get in foul trouble or something, but that's, that's a much smaller note than the defense. So should be fun to watch at this point. I would normally ask you about the schedule. Uh, obviously, we don't have one. And you've talked about really the only games that we know about, which are the Gonzaga one and the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I expect Iowa will have an outstanding non-conference slate, even though it's only a couple of games, because usually the teams that are expecting to win at a extremely high level, which Iowa is, are going to put some big-time games there. So I would expect, if you're an Iowa fan, going to be some great matchups the only part that really stinks is you know if they get to play duke or something i'm not sure where iowa sits on the home road thing in the big 10 acc challenge usually you flip every other year uh you know and i don't know if they were going to have a home game this year i'd have to look back but you know missing an opportunity to host duke at home or something will be a real bummer for hawkeye fans but it is what it is this year um so with that we'll jump into starting lineup I think it's probably going to be pretty easy with Iowa, but what's your projection for the starting lineup this season? Yeah, I think we could see – I'm going to go with Jordan Bohan at the one. You have two – I think you put C.J. Frederick, and then the three and four for Iowa are pretty interchangeable, but probably be Wieskamp at the three, and then McCaff, Connor McCaffrey at the four, and then Luca Garza at the five. I think that's, that's mainly what it was last year outside of um, Joe Toussaint playing at the one for Bohannon. But I think, too, with a big thing this year with Bohannon, he'll be able to start playing one more. It's his conditioning. He he looks a lot thinner than he was last year. Obviously, got a late start to the preseason um, because of his surgery that he had and really wasn't 100%, like even close to 100% 
during the games that he played. So I think he's going to be able to play more minutes. Obviously, you want Joe Toussaint out there well because he's kind of like that third third string running back and just he's so dang fast and just the speed he brings is something that you can't you can't teach. Um, so that'd probably be the starting lineup. And then I think coming off the bench, you could probably do Nunji the sixth man, maybe Toussaint seventh, and then Patrick McCaffrey um, at the eight. And then like I think the freshman – that's kind of a hodgepodge back there, maybe like Tony Perkins and then um, Keegan Murray and then Ogundale and Julius. I don't know. That's kind of where it gets tricky is that where, which freshmen come in and play a factor. And then I think the big thing with Fran is a lot of heat that he's gotten throughout his time at Iowa is rotation. Um, and sometimes he has maybe the leash a little too tight. Sometimes he has it a little too loose. Sometimes he calls timeouts for no reason. Um, just a lot of things that Iowa fans pick up on. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how he deals with so many guys that can potentially play a, potentially play a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. Uh, I agree. I mean, it's, it's basically going to be the same guys as, <laughs> as last year yeah. for the most part. Um, I, I think Fed, Frederick will definitely solidify his spot there. Bohannon will be in the lineup and really it's just about, the mix of those handful of depth options and freshmen coming in, you know, who can earn their way in. Is it McCaffrey um, a mix there? But I think it, for the most part, it, it's going to be pretty easy, pretty stable to project. But with that um, season predictions, I know it's really hard without a schedule, without knowing how things are going to shake out uh, across the board in college basketball this year. But what are your projections generally for Iowa this season? Assuming we do have a postseason, how do you think the Hawkeyes do? I think so in terms of Big Ten, right, like you said, we don't have a schedule yet, which makes it tough. And I think road games might be a little easier, but also home games are going to be tougher um, for some teams. So I think I'm going projected finish. I'm going to go with like second, maybe third. I think Illinois wins the conference. I think we could see Wisconsin maybe in second. I know there's some questions with Wisconsin, like, they weren't very good in the first part of the season last year, but really came on afterwards or in like the second half when um, Micah Potter became eligible. That was huge for them. Um, so I think that that Northwestern trees or Wisconsin trees, not Northwestern um, Wisconsin trees me a lot. I think they're going to be a tough out no matter where they play, who they play. Um, and I think third, I think third is realistic. I think the ceiling is first. I mean, obviously, but I also think a floor could be like fifth or sixth. So I'm going to go right in the middle in terms of where they finish um, with that in mind. So third for Iowa in the conference. And I think NCAA tournament, I think they could get a four seed. I think four or three is reasonable, um, depending on how they finish in the conference. I think I'm going to go conservative and go with a four. Um, And then I think they're, I think they're, floor is I think they'll get by in the first round their ceiling obviously they can make it they can make it to an elite eight sweet 16 but I I don't know I'm not fully sold on them yet in terms of like like Nash like final four I think sweet 16 is very realistic but I'm afraid to go past that (laughs) honestly well it's hard I don't know 
I, I think part of it too is you know we don't have a bracket. You got to look at the matchups. You got to right. look at all of that stuff. You know when we get closer. But I'm sort of in agreement. It's hard. You know I had in my last power rankings I had Iowa first. I think when I finish my season previews where I you know I go through every team right you know analyze everything and usually I reassess because you know by that time I've I've read way more looked into way more people. Uh, really sat back and thought about it. And I don't think I'm going to pick Iowa to win the Big Ten this year. And I think it's because of the defense. It's because of some of the inconsistency issues we've seen in years past in conference play. But um, I think they're going to be right there, though. I think they'll be second, third, fourth, something like that. And, of course, the Big Ten, it's always going to come down to a couple games. You know, somebody's going to lose a random game to Northwestern or Nebraska or something, which is going to screw them out of the Big Ten title. It always happens. And um, you got that. The home court thing is really hard to judge this year uh, because, as you mentioned, you know, are are some road games going to be tougher, some easier? Who knows? And um, as far as March, as I said, I – I'm skeptical Iowa's going to be able to advance unless they get that defense closer to a top 50-ish range because I think they're going to have trouble grind. Every team's got to grind out one game or two. I mean, go look back at all the Big Ten teams that have made the Final Four in years past. There's always one or two that they got to just grind out, and I'm skeptical Iowa's going to be able to do that. So I'm feeling Sweet 16 too. I think Iowa has a shot at a top two seed for March Madness. Wouldn't be surprised at all because I think the top end of the Big Ten is going to be excellent this year. So should be fun. Um, with that, though, Sean, if you want to plug again, you know, where people can check out your stuff. And then if you have any final thoughts here on Iowa, the Big Ten, college basketball in general, uh, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, so I think I'm a, you can follow me at uh, Xbox 247 hawkeyeinsider.com with 24-7 Sports Network. Um, but yeah, just one last final thought on Iowa. I think just, I mean, we've seen it with Michigan state too. Like you mentioned earlier, Thomas, like the way that the expectations are always high coming in for them and they don't always like, they don't always live up to it. And yeah, I think that's going to be interesting for Iowa because Michigan state, like they're consistent with it, but Iowa, this is completely new to them. So it's definitely going to be kind of a shock at first. I feel like, I feel like the players have done a good job of taking it in and like realizing like, okay, we have a big target on our back, but really doesn't matter until you put it on the court. And I think that's going to be a big indicator of how the season will go is how this team can manage the expectations and really kind of not necessarily like, like kind of just relax and like stay calm, but it's like, you have a target on your back every day. Like you are, you are the ones that are going to be hunted. So definitely going to be, definitely going to be a lot of fun to watch and cover this team this year. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity and just seeing what this what this group can do and then just ready to watch some Big Ten basketball as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun season. I think the top part of the Big Ten is going to be fantastic, and Iowa is definitely in that group. Should be a fun year. Wouldn't be shocked if Iowa has some serious hardware after the season's over. Probably the most anticipated Iowa Hawkeye season for hoops in maybe decades should be a lot of fun, but Sean, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. As always check out BT powerhouse. We have all kinds of season preview coverage coming in the coming days and weeks and months here. And as always, my name is Thomas Bennett. You can follow me on Twitter at T bandits and make sure to check out BT powerhouse and everyone else stay safe. 
Go out and vote. Wear your mask. We'll see you all next time.